Hello, 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 everybody. It is Anita Love to Hate to Hate coming to you guys from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is good. He continues to bless me. My family's good. Another day above ground is always a blessing. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to my podcast. It means a lot to me. Because you don't have to listen. You choose to listen, and I appreciate it. I don't want you to think that it goes unnoticed, because it does open my eyes and my heart, and it makes me appreciate the people that listen. To my anchor family that tunes in and listens to my podcast as well and joins in sometimes, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I'm starting my day off a little late because I just haven't, I don't know, I just haven't been feeling too good today, and I don't know, but I'm not going to get into all that. Um, I woke up late with a migraine, and that's been every weekend, and I suffer with chronic migraines, and so when they on a rampage, they are wild, and they are aggravating. You know, my migraines are like those bad nieces and nephews that happen to be staying with you for a little while because your sister's not getting their house redone. And they don't know what no is and they won't sit down. That's how my migraines feel to me. Um, but anyway, I um, I ate breakfast and I took me something for it. I didn't take my prescription migraine medicine because I knew it was going to have me sleepy all day. So I took um, some ibuprofen, which did help. And I went about my way to look for me something for church. Because um, I wanted to buy me a few more pieces for church as well. But we I was supposed to go to church this afternoon for 6 o'clock. And uh, I got in a store. And I was shopping. It wasn't like, oh my God, I got so much amazing stuff up in here. Da, 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 da. I wasn't like that. I like my clothes to fit me a certain way. Especially my slacks. Um, and I like a certain style and dresses. I don't like to feel like a grandmother. I don't like to dress like, you know, older grandmothers. I don't like to dress like that. And I don't want to, you know, be that person with that long dress and I'm sitting there frowned up because I'm uncomfortable with what I wear. I like to wear things that I feel comfortable in, but also look good in. That's also respectable and decent. So I like to wear like a lot of slacks with jackets or you know, or like really nice dressy shirts with slacks. Um, I wear skirts with a nice jacket or sometimes I wear a skirt suit. Or if I wear a dress, I wear a dress that comes down to my knees or like a long dress that flares out. So, I, but the slacks that I found, you know, they, they're, they're very nice, you know, but it's like, the way I'm made is I have a little waist and then I have hips and butt. <laughs> and so I don't want to be at church and a deacon like, like people having to tell the deacon, hey, pick him up, pick him up, yeah, pick him up. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I know plenty of people that go to church, they have tight ass clothes on, tight dresses on, stuff like that. That ain't me. 
So I don't like dressing like that. Each his own. I'm not knocking because, you know, God said come as you are. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with that. But for me to be comfortable to come as I am for the Lord and worship and receive the word, I have to be comfortable within my skin. Because if not, I'm not going to be able to relax and get out of my head and receive the word. That's just me. Not keeping you guys that long with this. I'm going to do my, my horoscope right quick. And it reads, stop worrying, even though it's one of the things you're best at. <laughs> yeah, I am. You followed all the rules and done right, things right, even in the eyes of those higher ups who were looking to find fault with you. In short, you've been tested and found to be right on top of your game. So if one of the powers that's been seems to be acting oddly force yourself to relax, who knows what's going on in the world? because nowadays you never know you know what I'm saying like you could think that everything else is going you don't hear any negativity from your president you know uh, people the governor in government in your area seems to be understanding what people need you know and then all of a sudden next thing you know things have changed the poor don't know where they're gonna go there's more homeless people so you really just never know you know what I'm saying so yeah Anyway, couples scope reads, make sure you two weigh all the options before you choose one course of action. This is especially true if someone in your life is insisting that you have to move now or all will be lost. That's simply not true. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. I had a conversation with someone about this moving situation. Oh, it's weird. It is so weird. Oh, my God. I'm not even going to get into all that, but it, this is weird. My horoscope is true. Um, My career scope read, be proactive about making a new connection or finding a whole new branch for your network. Signing up for a continuing education class or joining a professional association are two ways you might plant seeds. Okay. You know what's crazy is they have this um, sister of the world type of um, uh, thing that they have in, in Baton Rouge. And it's for women and really for women of color that is trying to make a brand for themselves. And um, in the business aspect of communication or, you know, socialism of that nature, like people that wants to, such as podcasting or public speaker, that ain't for me, you know, that ain't going to happen. Um, that's what they really, um, from my understanding, it started off doing. And then it kind of took a life of its own. And so it's just been great for all different types of eras of business, you know, or just trying to stretch your name out, you know, business-wise. Um, so I have been talking to one of the ladies with that, and um, it, we have a meeting and all that stuff, and I knew them, be some of them before, um, when we did um, uh, a women's uh, missionary. And so I was talking to them recently about starting back to be more involved in that, and that's how that came up. So this is this is interesting. Cool. Okay. 
I like it. I, my horoscopes is actually on point today. They're not making me mad. <laughs> All right, my finance read. Nothing will pay off today. Little imps are picking pockets, and not just gold is at risk. Anything that glitter is far prey for nibble fingers. Your safest bet is staying in bed. You know what? I spent $500, right at $500 today, shopping, you know. And I said I wasn't even going to spend that much money on on things. And I didn't, not like I got a lot, but I got things that I need. And although I wasn't planning on, because I, I didn't just buy things for me either. I, I picked up a few things for my daughter too as well. So I'm not really, you know, mad about that part of it. So I'm not, I'm not mad, you know. But I do understand what it's saying because after I came home and, um, I thought about how much I had spent. I was like, dang, I spent all of that. And, you know, I got my credit card that I have to pay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm I'm like that sometimes. Like, if I spend too much at one time, it's like, girl, did you really have to spend that much money? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know I'm bad. But anyway... I'm going to take a brief break, you guys. You guys do not go anywhere. Do not swipe. I want you to stay and listen to my podcast. I want you to be involved. Okay? Don't you guys go anywhere. I'll be right back. All right, all right, all right, you guys. I am back. And it is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, you guys. I'm sorry, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I don't. When I was little, I can remember it being like this big thing, but it's not a it's not a big it's not something I celebrate. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to offend. But I wanted to just give like a little backdraft of St. Patrick's Day because I saw some of my colorings. All celebrated in their green, wearing their drawers on top of their pants and things of that nature. And it kind of like, uh, but anyway, St. Patrick's Day celebrates the Roman Catholic Feast Day of the Patron Saint of Ireland. Okay. St. Patrick died on March 17th, 461. But did you know that he wasn't even Irish? A lot of people don't know that, you know. Um, Patrick's birth name was Mawin, Mawin, or Maweed, something like that. He was born in Roman Britain. He was kidnapped into slavery and brought to Ireland. He escaped to a monastery in Gaul, which is France, and converted to Christianity. He went back to Ireland in 432 as a missionary. While Christianity had already taken hold in the country, tradition has it that Patrick confronted the draughts at Terra and abolished their pagan rites, making Christianity more widespread. Patrick became a bishop and after his death was named Ireland's patron saint. Celebration in Ireland were understated. When the Irish immigrated to the U.S., they created the bigger celebration and parades known today. 18th century Irish soldiers who fought in the Revolutionary War held the first St. Patrick's Day parade. The celebration became a way for the Irish to connect with their roots after they moved to America. The shamrock, everybody know, you know, the three-leaf clover, 
According to legend, St. Patrick used the three-leaf clover or shamrock as to, to explain the Trinity. Right? The dyeing the river green, the practice of dyeing the river green started in Chicago in 1962 when the city officials decided to dye a portion of the Chicago river green. That's where that came from. Corned beef and cabbage. Well, this is like an Irish-American dish. Irish-Americans were so poor, they could not afford certain meals. So on St. Patrick's Day, the best meal they could afford was beef and cabbage. And it became a staple for the holiday. You know, So, I mean, I love cabbage. Um, that's just like, for me, um, cornbread dressing. Uh, I think that's where, um, that's what people do. Like, people find stuff that's easy to mix back then and turn it into a dish because they couldn't afford certain stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they would make a dish out of everything, especially during the Depression. Yeah. Um, so when people try to make, like, oh, my God, I'm this big Irish or I believe in in um, St. Patrick's Day, and it's just... The point is, St. Patrick's Day is a global celebration, it's true, but it's of the Irish culture on or around March 17th. It particularly remembers um, St. Patrick, one of Ireland's patron saints who ministered Christianity in Ireland during the 5th century. So... You know, they say you have to wear green and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I I just, you know, the the St. Patrick's revelers thought wearing green, wearing green made one invisible to leprechauns, fairy creatures who would pinch anyone they could see, anyone not wearing green. So people began pinching those who didn't wear green as a reminder that leprechauns would sneak up and pinch green abstainers. So that's where that kind of that came from, you know what I mean? And so their symbol, of course, is the three-leaf clover. You know, that's the native to Ireland. Um but it just illustrates the doctrine of the Trinity to be honest with you. So I don't know nothing else to <laughs> to uh, go on into um, details with this, but respect to the Irish um, and all that good stuff. Um, I'm just not, I I don't celebrate it. You know, I never have. Um, mm, It's just never been like a holiday for me. So, I just, I don't know. There's just like a lot of white people that don't celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday because to them, that means nothing to them. And people such as myself think it's very disrespectful if you're not a racist person or a selfish person to not feel the importance of Martin Luther King's birthday to everybody in this country if you're not a racist person. So... That's just um that's just my my tidbit on that. 
You know, they celebrate by attending parades and attending um, wearing shamrocks, wearing green, drinking Irish beer, drinking Irish whiskey. Um, and so have fun, drink, just be safe, you guys. And um, just have fun, you know. The last time I celebrated St. Patrick's Day, I think it was like 2008. Um no, it was 2009, and that was when I first went to um, my job that I'm at now. And um, I, I, I went out after work, and we got drinks. And um, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I, I, we, you know, it was kind of wild, and you know, they would wear their panties outside, and had some girls that would wear like a long t-shirt, just barely covering their butt with green panties on, and you know, they would get drunk, and it's just, it just would be ugly, like very uncomfortable for me because that's not the type of atmosphere that I was in, but they would have so much fun, and they would be having fun, and I would be like, can I get away? Can I get away? Can I get out? You know, but um, enjoy, have fun, but, you know, I just don't celebrate it, and that's just my preference, Um, but happy St. Patrick's Day to all the Irish everywhere. Um, Drink up, have fun, be safe, don't be sorry, God bless, peace. you guys and you love to hate to hate here how are you guys doing i hope everything's going great me myself i'm doing okay just been trying to get this anchor to work still don't know if it's gonna work so we're gonna see at the end <laughs> have you guys been paying attention to the ncwa march madness it's been crazy the last perfect bracket bust after UMBC pulls all biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. UMBC upsets Virginia 74 to 54. I mean, that game was amazing, you guys. After that, the second quarter, I don't know what happened, but UMBC said, Y'all ain't winning. Like, y'all, y'all not winning this. We tapping that ass. And we we taking a swing. Like, the game was bad. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, um, UMBC scored the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA tournament, beating top overall seed Virginia and becoming the first 16 seed to win a game in 136 tries. Ain't that about, like, shit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, there are no no more perfect brackets. It's not. You know what I mean? So, before the Retrievers win through 28 games of the 2018 tournament, NCAA tournament, there were 25 perfect brackets left across all major bracket games. All had the Cavaliers winning. Everybody know that. Because I was tracking tens of them. Because um, I knew them. You know what I'm saying? But there, were, but other people were tracking tens of millions of brackets at five major bracket games, including the Capital One March Madness Bracket Challenge game, the ESPN, the Bleacher 
report Yahoo and CBS. Only 2.8% of all BCG brackets picked the retrievers to pull off the upset. For reference, 13.73% of brackets picked Virginia to win the championship. Yes. After the first game of the tournament, 7 c Rhode Island overtake win versus 10 c Oklahoma. Only 45.5% of brackets were still perfect in NCAA games. But two significant upsets took the largest troll toll on the brackets Thursday. The first was the afternoon thriller where uh, Dante Ingram's last second three-pointer propelled 11 c Loyola Chicago over 6 c Miami in the first upset of the tournament. And my, <coughs> excuse me, my coworker was pissed because she did not expect them to win. She was so mad. And she was like, this just messed up my whole bracket. And I just laughed. And she said, you knew that, didn't you? I said, no, but I had a feeling, but I really didn't know. But later, um, the number 14 seed, Buffalo down number three, Arizona, which I wasn't expecting that either because I thought Alabama, I mean, Arizona was going to win. Uh, a team picked to win the championship by 4.1% of all bracket challenge game brackets by 21 points. When 13 seed Marshall beat 4 seed Wichita State, the total number of perfect brackets dropped from a few thousand to a couple hundred. Last year, one bracket stayed perfect for a record 39 games before busting in the final matchup on the first Saturday night. This year, the final 25 brackets all balled out at just 28 games. Uh, a 16 um, v one upset will do that to you. I'm just it's just gonna happen. I'm sorry. Um, it's crazy because I was looking at the brackets. Uh, I don't know. It's just crazy because everybody is like stunned. At how it is going down, I'm actually stunned at how it was going, how it went down, how it's going down. So, but I'm, you know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I like when underdogs like show up and show out and be like, "You doubted us," because true story. Um, my daughter's gonna play for this school, um, from middle school to high school. And the school that they went to school from, where other schools were, started recruiting them when they were in middle school to come to their school, like private schools. And, they, you know, my brother and their dad was like, oh, no, they're not leaving from this school. They're going to build this school up. They're going to make a name for themselves here. They're not going to ride off of somebody else's success from their past. They're going to make their own name for themselves. And I was a little like, no, I think they should. You know, it would be a great opportunity for school-wise because I didn't want – my daughters to get in their head that they were just stuck with basketball and that they can come with anything outside of basketball. And, you know, I asked them what they wanted to do or whatever, and they wanted to stay at a public school, which was fine with me. Okay, that's cool. And they played from middle school to high school, and the school that they went to, the girls' program, hadn't won anything since, like, 1956. And they came in as freshmen, and they turned that whole girls' basketball program around. Now, they had, like, a few pieces that's already that were already at the school, the high school, when they came to the high school. But it's like when they're older 
and one of them in particular was really, really good, and everybody was on her side, and so they felt like the team was her because she was already there, but mind you, she wasn't winning anything, and yeah, she was scoring, and she was doing what she's supposed to do, but that's all you were doing, just was scoring, y'all wasn't winning anything, but that was just my opinion, but the, you know, the little girl was real sweet and real nice, um, I think she was a little jealous and a little intimidated, because she felt like the spotlight was going to be taken off of her. But one of them didn't even care about spotlights. Like, her emotion never changed. She's like a um, a Thompson. <laughs> She's like Thompson. Like, he can be hooping his ass off, and he never changes his face expression. That's how my daughter was. Like, she would hit these threes in the corners, hit these jumpers, come in. Like, she, her emotions never change, unless you make her mad. And if you start following her, like playing dirty, that makes her play even better. You know what I mean? So, which is crazy. Or they'd be like, make her go left, make her go left. Well, they know how to dribble left and right. I was like, yeah, make her go left. You know, because I'm one of those parents. Yeah, make her go left. You know? (laughs) But they came to this program, and they changed this program, and these girls was playing for championships. And this school had never even played for championships. You know what I mean? Like, they were winning their district and everything. Like, they were just demolishing. I mean, they were amazing. Next thing you know, everybody. Like, they they had fan buses following them. You know what I mean? And it was just crazy. It was just weird. As you're going through it, you don't even think about the history that they are making. You don't even think about it. You know what I mean? And then later on, once they graduated and, you know, they still had one that was still there and the program started changing. Like they didn't care if the girls won. Mind you, the coach had love too, Um, but they didn't care if the girls won. And it was just, it was just weird. And it just didn't make any sense for everything that they had accomplished in the last three years to be like nothing. So then when the school flooded, do you know, instead of, cleaning their trophies and trying to find a way to clean their banners and stuff. Now, mind you, the banner was up high. So the banner shouldn't have been dirty because the flood water didn't get up to the ceiling in the school. They threw all those girls' accomplishments away. All of it. I mean, they threw some of the boys' accomplishments away too, but they threw all of it away. Like, their trophies... They uh, 3A um, championships and, like, stuff like that. They threw all that away. Going, playing for the finals, all that. And I'm like, what principle does that? And what's crazy is, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I know people may say something, I didn't like, and I still do not like, that school principal. She's messy. She's very unprofessional. She's a liar. She's very conniving and manipulative. She's one of those people that if black students get to fighting with each other in front of white a white school, she'll come and she'll say, that's just embarrassing that we as a majority black school do not, how, do not know how to act in front of these people. These people are laughing at us. This is an embarrassment to our culture, to our color. And in the same breath, she'll talk about these very black students with other students in her class, laughing and joking about 
the student's home life. If she knows something about the student's home life, she would talk about them. And see, this is the thing. When she first became principal, um, other schools were complaining that she was even given that position because she didn't have the education to be that principal. Now, she went to college. She went to Southern. She graduated from Southern. But she didn't... I forgot what her education was in, what she graduated in, but they had a problem with them giving it to her. And I'm like, let them... I mean, why are they worried about this school? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not even in the same district, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let her do her thing. I said, I'm glad that they have a woman principal in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it means a lot because every time you turn around, it was a man. And although the men made difference... It was kind of, you know, refreshing to see a woman in there. So I was all for it. But when I walked in and I saw her talking about other students to another student, it kind of it made me feel uncomfortable. So then my daughter had an issue with a bully that had bullied her, bullied her from middle school to high school. And when she got to high school, um, I came in to talk to her. And she was like, well, there are students, and students are going to be students. They're basically kids. You know, we just have to be mindful, and we have to stay on them, and this and that or whatever. And I'm like, yes, that's true. I said, but I'm letting you know that if it gets out of hand, I'm going to have a problem. I'm trusting my daughter with you, you know. And she said, I will be keeping an eye on, and I will be checking in. That's what she told me, right? Not me not knowing that she was friends with the little girl mama. Yeah. Next thing I know, uh, a teacher called me and was telling me about um, the incident with my daughter. She said, um, no, it was a man, and he was saying that she was very upset. She was. He called and he said the little girl got up in her face, was cursing her, calling her, you know, dykes and gays this and blah, blah, blah. And she, he said at that time, my daughter jumped up and said, hit me. You talking all that, just hit me. Go ahead, hit me. And she was like, she kept calling my daughter out of names, a very disrespectful thing. And she said, he said that at that point, he told both of them that they needed to go to the office, so he proceeded to escort them out the office. And so when the principal called me, because I tried to call the principal because I was at work. So, but I, you know, I was like, um, she's she's on the phone. Let me get a call back. Not knowing that she was trying to call me, so I was like, okay. So she called me, and this bitch proceeded to fucking tell me that it was my daughter that was doing the cursing, and that when he proceeded to tell her to get out the class, my daughter jerked from him. I said, I gotta go. I said that ain't what I just got. I said the teacher just fucking called me from his personal cell phone. I said two other students just text me, and I'm not telling you who the fuck they are. I got so mad. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? I said, there's no way that fucking teacher told you that. I got so mad so quick because in that moment, all I saw was a principal that talked about other students to another student. And all I knew was you were friends with this little girl mama. That's all I knew in that moment. I got in my car. I came to school. That bitch left. She was there when I got there because I saw her sitting in her office. And that bitch said, I'll be right with you, Miss Smith. Now let me let me be let me let me break something down to you. I never ever came to this woman face to face and said, Hi, I am Jay's mother. You feel me? How you knew what I looked like? You know how you knew what I looked like? Because 
that little girl was in your class and, she, and that was in your office, she told her I was Jay's mother because I never walked up to this woman and introduced myself. Never. So, next thing you know, I said, how long am I going to wait for her to decide that she needs to talk to me? And the white lady, secretary up in the, I love her to death. She said, she probably hiding, baby. You know, she's like, she's something. She said, when it comes to, on, to being on the right side, she ain't nowhere near it. And she said, and if she thinks she about to get ripped one, she's probably the ran and left. Shown up, that bitch had left. And so she went in the bag and she came in. And that's when the, uh, another guy came out. He's like, she gone. And then he said, did you honestly think that she was going to sit and talk to this parent? And then I said, I need to talk. And I asked about the, the um, teacher. And that's when the teacher came. I didn't know what he looked like. And he said, hi, I'm such and such. And I was like, this Miss Smith. He's like, I'm sorry to call you at the job, Miss Smith. He's like, she was just so upset. And I was hurt for her. I said, but Miss Miss Morgan called me and said that you informed her that Jay was cursing the other little girl out. And that when you proceeded to take Jay out the class, she jerked some stuff from you. He said, I did not tell her that. He said, that wasn't in my report. He said, that's why she told me we weren't going to deal with the report. I said, I'm telling you, that's what she called and told me after I got off the phone with you. And then when I let her know that I had talked to you, he was like, oh, shit. They fired that teacher. Two weeks later, that teacher was gone. Sure did. And then after that, every issue I had, I just started taking it to the school board office. And that's when she wanted to be like, Miss Smith, you could come to me. You could talk to me. You don't have to go. I said, I'm going to go where I feel I'm going to get hurt. Because if somebody hurt my child at that jungle, I'm going to hurt whoever's responsible and whoever head that's in charge. And at that time, she had two other flukies. Both of them had a history of stealing money from the school, from, from students. And so I let them know whenever I had to turn in money, I would turn in a money order. Or whatever, and then it was like, you know, if you have the, I said, I refuse to leave money here at Baker High School. Well, what I say, I want my money to be verified, so I'm not gonna leave money at a school. Period. Because if I lose that receipt you give me, I still have a receipt if I have my money order. I'm good. I will get a money order, and I come back. And then she was like, but we document everything. I said, just because you document everything doesn't mean that everything be verified. I said, you know how, many how much money that came up missing from this school? I'm not going to leave no cash here. And I meant that. I wasn't. So at that moment, she knew I didn't like her. And so one day when the dance at the arts was, you know, they were doing their meet. We had a meeting for them or whatever. And this particular woman was there. And she was saying about if anybody have a problem, try to come to Miss Morgan, talk to Miss Morgan, rather than going over something Miss Morgan here, because at the end of the day, Miss Morgan is the boss. I said, Miss Morgan ain't the boss over shit. And I don't know why people got y'all confused as she is. I said, because if Miss Morgan is the boss over these parents and these students, then we are in some trouble, especially if you're anywhere involved. I said, and on that note, I'm going to dismiss myself because I personally did not know you were going to be here. I thought that I was going to be talking to some coaches. I didn't know you were the coach. So I'm going to go. And I told my daughter, I said, come on, let's go. The band director recruited my daughter to dance for them. He specifically wanted her. 
And he was like, what's the problem, Miss Smith? What's the problem? I said, I don't like her. I said, she's messy. She's a liar. I said, and she stir up shit. She steal from students. I don't want no dealing with her. And I don't want my daughter to have no dealing with her. I said, because I don't trust myself around her nor her homegirl. And so with that being said, I'm going to go. And if there's anything you need me to know, I said, give it to, um, email me. And he started laughing. And uh, he's like, it's not going to be like this. Um, she's not over it. I said, I don't believe that. I said, when you have a history of dealing, and she was right there. I said, when you have a history of dealing with people that are bullied and harass your daughter from middle school to high school, and the very people that are supposed to protect her don't, and try to paint this picture out of, like she is a horrible person that led my child into depression and anxiety, and you want me to trust and respect them, I don't, and I never will. They don't understand what, what she's went through. They don't understand what she constantly go through. And for that, I blame them. I blame people like that that do not speak up for the quiet, do not speak up for the silent, do not speak up for the ones that's being bullied. I blame them for all these bullies in this school that continue to do the stuff that they do and never change. I blame them for these kids that go home and want to commit suicide and they're so deep into depression, they don't even want to socialize with anybody. They're scared to socialize with people. They don't even want to make friends because they're scared that these people are not really going to be their friends. I blame them. Because as a parent, you don't know what that feels like to not be able to help your child without fighting every single battle for her. Because she's too weak to fight her own battle, but you have to let her fight her battle. You don't know what that feels like. And so you walk a day in my shoes, don't tell me to trust these people because that's never going to happen. But the success that they brought to that school and the way that woman just threw all their memories out, like it was nothing. It was just, and I found out from other parents and um, other teachers at the school when I came back to watch the girls play one, you know, a few times and they were talking about it. And I said, that's just disgusting. It's like, we said the same thing. Um, but I, I, it's hard to watch the girls play now because they don't have a good coach. And a coach doesn't, you know doesn't care if they win or not. They just, because the girls coach is the same coach as the boys coach. And so his main focus, to be honest with you, is the boys. So he doesn't care if they win or not, and that eats me up. You know, I don't like coaches that go, get back, get back, hands up, hands up. Okay, she doesn't really know how to play basketball, so she get back, hands up, then what? And then one day, um, one game I came to, the girl kept doing it, whatever, and so she ended up coming to the side where I was, get turned up off. I said, look, when you in that lane, I said, you can't stay in that lane um, longer than three seconds. I said, so that means come in and leave out, you know, come in for a few seconds and then leave out. I said, do not let these people drive to the lane and get those easy baskets. I said, if they come at you, stand your ground with your hands up, let them run you over, that's a charge all day long. I said, you taller than almost everybody on that floor. Keep your hands up. I said, do not jump. Do not jump because that was what she kept doing, jumping. And um, she did it a few times, but she she's young-minded and very forgetful. So if you don't have a good coach, you know, that's what happens. But um, I was just impressed with the underdogs. You know, people didn't expect them to win, and they came out, and it's like, shit, watch. What you said? Huh? Okay, we can't. 
okay, all right, all right. That's how we felt, you know what I mean? Like, that's exactly how we felt. It was just, it was a good game. It really was a good game. I was supposed to be doing a, um, finishing up my presentation <laughs> for psychology on um, child abuse, the child, the effect of child abuse on families, um, like the after effect of it. And um, I couldn't. I was watching the game, you know. I got caught up in the game, but it was a good game. It was, it was, it was amazing. I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, that's all. Who are you guys rooting for? Like, who you think is gonna seal the deal? You know what I mean? Like, who? I mean, LSU girls got sent home. Like, oh. But I'm proud of the accomplishment that they did this year. Like, they they did a 360 from the previous last few years. So I was super proud of that. Like, yes, honey, come on, come through, come through. And I was really rooting for um, the coach because, you know, I start hearing things and I start seeing things on Twitter about if she don't get it together, you know, they need to fire her. They don't care what she was. She not, she's not playing. She's the coach, you know, different ugliness. But, um, yeah, she recruited different this year. Um, it was just a whole different team. So I was impressed. So, yeah, it was a good game. Um... And they did good. So, yeah. I'm not going to keep babbling on sports. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be back. All right. All right. All right, you guys. I need to love to hate to hate here. How are you guys doing? I hope everything's going great. Me, myself, I'm doing okay. Just been trying to get this anchor to work. I still don't know if it's going to work, so... We're going to see at the end. (laughs) Have you guys been paying attention to the NCAA March Madness? It's been crazy. The last perfect bracket bust after UMBC pulls off biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. UMBC upsets Virginia, 74 to 54. I mean, that game was amazing, you guys. After that, the second quarter, I don't know what happened. But UMBC said, y'all ain't winning. Like, y'all, y'all not winning this. We tapping that ass. And we we taking this win. Like, the game was bad. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, um, UMBC scored the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA tournament, beating top overall seed Virginia and becoming the first 16 seed to win a game in 136 tries. Ain't that about, like... Shit, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like there are no no more perfect brackets. It's not, you know what I mean. So before the Retrievers win through twenty eight games of the two thousand eighteen tournament NCAA tournament, there were twenty five perfect brackets left across all major bracket games. All had the Cavaliers winning. Everybody know that because I was tracking tens of them. Um, Cause I knew them, you know what I'm saying. But there, but other people were tracking tens of millions of brackets at five major bracket games, including the Capital One March Madness bracket challenge game, the ESPN, the Bleacher Report, Yahoo, and CBS. Only 2.8 percent of all BCG brackets picked the Retrievers to pull off the upset. For reference, 13.73 percent of brackets picked Virginia to win the championship. Yes. 
after the first game of the tournament, 7th seed Rhode Island over Win versus 10th seed Oklahoma. Only 45.5% of brackets were still perfect in NCAA games. But two significant upsets took the largest troll toll on the brackets Thursday. The first was the afternoon thriller where uh, Dante Ingram's last second three-pointer propelled 11 seed Loyola Chicago over 6 seed Miami in the first upset of the tournament. And my, <coughs> excuse me, my coworker was pissed because she did not expect them to win. She was so mad. And she was like, this just messed up my whole bracket. And I just laughed. And she said, you knew that, didn't you? I said, no, but I had a feeling, but I really didn't know. But later, um, the number 14 seed Buffalo down number three Arizona, which I wasn't expecting that either because I thought Alabama, I mean, Arizona was going to win. Uh, a team picked to win the championship by 4.1% of all bracket challenge game brackets by 21 points. When 13 seed Marshall beat 4 seed Wichita State, the total number of perfect brackets dropped from a few thousand to a couple hundred. Last year, one bracket stayed perfect for a record 39 games before busting in the final matchup on the first Saturday night. This year, the final 25 brackets all balled out at just 28 games. Uh, a 16 um, V1 upset will do that to you. I'm just, it's just going to happen. I'm sorry. Um, it's crazy because I was looking at the brackets. Uh, I don't know. It's just crazy. Because everybody is like stunned at how it is going down. I'm actually stunned at how it was going how it went down. How it's going down. So but I'm you know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I like when underdogs like show up and show out and be like, You doubted us? Because true story, um my daughter's gonna play for this school, um, from middle school to high school. And the school that they went to school from, where other schools were, started recruiting them when they were in middle school to come to their school, like private schools. And, they, you know, my brother and their dad was like, oh, no, they're not leaving from this school. They're going to build this school up. They're going to make a name for themselves here. They're not going to ride off of somebody else's success from their past. They're going to make their own name for themselves. And I was a little like, no, I think they should. You know, it would be a great opportunity for school-wise because I didn't want – my daughters to get in their head that they were just stuck with basketball and that they can accomplish anything outside of basketball. And, you know, I asked them what they wanted to do or whatever, and they wanted to stay at a public school, which was fine with me. Okay, that's cool. And they played from middle school to high school, and the school that they went to, the girls' program, hadn't won anything since, like, 1956. And... They came in as freshmen, and they turned that whole girls' basketball program around. Now, they had, like, a few pieces that's already that were already at the school, the high school, when they came to the high school. But it's like when they're older, and one of them in particular was really, really good, and everybody was on her side, and so they felt like the team was her because she was already there. But mind you, she wasn't winning anything. And, yeah, she was scoring, and she was doing what she's supposed to do, but – that's all you were doing. Just was scoring. Y'all wasn't winning anything. 
but that was just my opinion. But the you know the little girl was real sweet and real nice. Um, I think she was a little jealous and a little intimidated because she felt like the spotlight was going to be taken off of her. But one of them didn't even care about spotlights. Like her emotion never changed. She's like a um a Thompson. <laughs> she's like Thompson like he can be hooping his ass off and he never changes his face expression that's how my daughter was like she would hit these threes in the corners hit these jumpers come in like she, her emotions never change unless you make her mad and if you start following her like playing dirty that makes her play even better you know what I mean so which is crazy or they be like make her go left make her go left well they know how to dribble left and right I was like, yeah, make her go left, you know, because I'm one of those parents. Yeah, make her go left, you know. <laughs> but they came to this program, and they changed this program, and these girls went was playing for championships. And this school had never even played for championships, you know what I mean? Like, they were winning their district and everything. Like, they were just demolishing. I mean, they were amazing. Next thing you know, everybody, like, they, they had fan buses following them. You know what I mean? And it was just crazy. And it was just weird. As you're going through it, you don't even think about the history that they are making. You don't even think about it. You know what I mean? And then later on, once they graduated, and, you know, they still had one that was still there, and the program started changing. Like, they didn't care if the girls won. Mind you, the coach had love, too. Um, but they didn't care if the girls won and it was just, it was just weird. And it just didn't make any sense for everything that they had accomplished in the last three years to be like nothing. So then when the school flooded, do you know, instead of cleaning their trophies and trying to find a way to clean their banners and stuff, now mind you, the banner was up high. So the banner shouldn't have been dirty because the flood water didn't get up to the ceiling in the school. They threw all those girls accomplishments away all of it I mean they threw some of the boys accomplishment away too but they threw all of it away like their trophies they uh 3a um championships and like stuff like that they threw all that away going playing for the finals all that and I'm like what principle does that and what's crazy is, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I know people may say something, I didn't like, and I still do not like, that school principal. She's messy. She's very unprofessional. She's a liar. She's very conniving and manipulative. She's one of those people that if black students get to fighting with each other in front of white a white school, she'll come and she'll say, that's just embarrassing that we as a majority black school do not how do not know how to act in front of these people. These people are laughing at us. This is an embarrassment to our culture, to our color. And in the same breath, she'll talk about these very black students with other students in her class, laughing and joking about the students' home life. If she knows something about these students' home life, she would talk about them. And see, this is the thing. When she first became principal, um, other schools were complaining that she was even given that position because she didn't have the education to be that principal. Now, she went to college. She went to Southern. She graduated from Southern. But she didn't, 
I forgot what her education was in, what she graduated in, but they had a problem with them giving it to her. And I'm like, let them, I mean, why are they worried about this school? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not even in the same district, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let her do her thing. I said, I'm glad that they have a woman principal in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it means a lot because every time you turn around, it was a man. And although the men made difference, it was kind of, you know, refreshing to see a woman in there. So I was all for it. But when I walked in and I saw her talking about other students to another student, it kind of, it made me feel uncomfortable. So then my daughter had an issue with a bully that had bullied her from middle school to high school. And when she got to high school, um, I came in to talk to her. And she was like, well, they're students, and students are going to be students. They're basically kids. You know, we just have to be mindful, and we have to stay on them, and this and that or whatever. And I'm like, yes, that's true. I said, but I'm letting you know that if it gets out of hand, I'm going to have a problem. I'm trusting my daughter with you, you know. And she said, I will be keeping an eye on, and I will be checking in. That's what she told me, right? Not me, not knowing that she was friends with the little girl mama. Yeah. Next thing I know, uh, a teacher called me and was telling me about um, the incident with my daughter. She said, um, no, it was a man, and he was saying that she was very upset. She was. He called and he said the little girl got up in her face, was cursing her, calling her, you know, dykes and gays this and blah, blah, blah. And she, he said, at that time, my daughter jumped up and said, hit me. You talking all that, just hit me. Go ahead, hit me. And she was like, she kept calling my daughter out of names, a very disrespectful thing. And she said, he said that at that point, he told both of them that they needed to go to the office. So he proceeded to escort them out of the office. And so when the principal called me, because I tried to call the principal because I was at work. So, but I, you know, I was like, um, she's she's on the phone. Let me get a call back. Not knowing that she was trying to call me. So I was like, okay. So she called me. And this bitch proceeded to fucking tell me that it was my daughter that was doing the cursing. And that when he proceeded to tell her to get out the class, my daughter jerked from him. I said, I got to go. I said, that ain't what I just got. I said, the teacher just fucking called me from his personal cell phone. I said, two other students just text me, and I'm not telling you who the fuck they are. I got so mad. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? I said, there's no way that fucking teacher told you that. I got so mad so quick because in that moment, all I saw was a principal that talked about other students to another student. And all I knew was you were friends with this little girl mama. That's all I knew in that moment. I got in my car. I came to school. That bitch left. She was there when I got there because I saw her sitting in her office, and that bitch said, I'll be right with you, Miss Smith. Now, let me, let, me be, let, me, let me break something down to you. I never, ever came to this woman face-to-face and said, hi, I am Jay's mother. You feel me? How do you know what I look like? You know how you knew what I looked like? Because that little girl was in your class and, she, and that was in your office, she told her I was Jay's mother because I never walked up to this woman and introduced myself. Never. So, next thing I know, I said, how long am I going to wait for her to decide that she needs to talk to me? And 
white lady, secretary up in the, I love her to death. She said she probably hiding, baby. You know, she's like, she's something. She said, when it comes to, on, to being on the right side, she ain't nowhere near it. And she said, and if she thinks she about to get ripped one, she's probably ran and left. Showing up, that bitch had left. And so she went in the bag and she came in. And that's when the, uh, another guy came out. He's like, she gone. And then he said, did you honestly think that she was going to sit and talk to this parent? And then I said, I need to talk. And I asked about the, the um, teacher. And that's when the teacher came. I didn't know what he looked like. And he said, hi, I'm such and such. And I was like, this Miss Smith, he's like, I'm sorry to call you at your job, Miss Smith. He's like, she was just so upset. And I was hurt for her. I said, but Miss Miss Morgan called me and said that you informed her that Jay was cursing the other little girl out. And that when you proceeded to take Jay out the class, she jerked some stuff from you. He said, I did not tell her that. He said, that wasn't in my report. He said, that's why she told me we weren't going to deal with the report. I said, I'm telling you, that's what she called and told me after I got off the phone with you. And then when I let her know that I had talked to you, he's like, oh, shit. They fired that teacher. Two weeks later, that teacher was gone. Sure did. And then after that, every issue I had, I just started taking it to the school board office. And that's when she wanted to be like, Miss Smith, you could come to me. You could talk to me. You don't have to go. I said, I'm going to go where I feel I'm going to get hurt. Because if somebody hurt my child at that jungle, I'm going to hurt whoever's responsible and who's ever head that's in charge. And at that time, she had two other flukies. Both of them had a history of stealing money from the school, from, from students. And so I let them know whenever I had to turn in money, I would turn in a money order. Or whatever. And then it was like, you know, if you have to get, I said, I refuse to leave money here at Baker High School. Well, what I say, I want my money to be verified. So I'm not going to leave money at a school. Period. Because if I lose that receipt you give me, I still have a receipt if I have my money order. I'm good. I will get a money order and I'll come back. And then she was like, but we document everything. I said, just because you document everything doesn't mean that everything be verified. I said, you know how, many how much money that came up missing from this school? I'm not going to leave no cash here. And I meant that. I wasn't. So at that moment, she knew I didn't like her. And so one day when the dance at the arts was, you know, they were doing their meet. We had a meeting for them or whatever. And this particular woman was there. And she was saying, but if anybody have a problem, try to come to Miss Morgan, talk to Miss Morgan, rather than going over something Miss Morgan here, because at the end of the day, Miss Morgan is the boss. I said, Miss Morgan ain't the boss over shit. And I don't know why people got y'all confused that she is. I said, because if Miss Morgan is the boss over these parents and these students, then we are in some trouble, especially if you're anywhere involved. I said, and on that note, I'm going to dismiss myself because I personally did not know you were going to be here. I thought that I was going to be talking to some coaches. I didn't know you were the coach. So I'm going to go. And I told my daughter, I said, come on, let's go. The band director recruited my daughter to dance for them. He specifically wanted her. And he was like, what's the problem, Miss Smith? What's the problem? I said, I don't like her. I said, she's messy. She's a liar. I said, and she stir up shit. She steal from students. I don't want no dealing with her. And I don't want my daughter to have no dealing with her. I said, because I don't trust myself around her nor her homegirl. 
And so with that being said, I'm going to go. And if there's anything you need me to know, I said, give it to, um, uh, email me. And he started laughing. And uh, he's like, it's not going to be like this. Um, she's not over. I said, I don't believe that. I said, when you have a history of dealing, and she was right there. I said, when you have a history of dealing with people that are bullied and harass your daughter from middle school to high school, and the very people that are supposed to protect her don't, and try to paint this picture out of, like, she is a horrible person that led my child into depression and anxiety, and you want me to trust and respect them? I don't, and I never will. They don't understand what, what she's went through. They don't understand what she constantly go through. And for that, I blame them. I blame people like that that do not speak up for the quiet, do not speak up for the silent, do not speak up for the ones that's being bullied. I blame them for all these bullies in this school that continue to do the stuff that they do and never change. I blame them for these kids that go home and want to commit suicide and they're so deep into depression, they don't even want to socialize with anybody. They're scared to socialize with people. They don't even want to make friends because they're scared that these people are not really going to be their friends. I blame them. Because as a parent, you don't know what that feels like to not be able to help your child without fighting every single battle for her. Because she's too weak to fight her own battle, but you have to let her fight her battle. You don't know what that feels like. And so you walk a day in my shoes, don't tell me to trust these people because that's never going to happen. But the success that they brought to that school and the way that woman just threw all their memories out, like it was nothing. It was just, and I found out from other parents and um, other teachers at the school when I came back to watch the girls play one, you know, a few times, and they were talking about it. And I said, "That's just disgusting." It's like we said the same thing, um, but I, I, it's hard to watch the girls play now because they don't have a good coach, and the coach doesn't, you know doesn't care if they win or not. They just, because the girls coach is the same coach as the boys coach. And so his main focus, to be honest with you, is the boys. So he doesn't care if they win or not. And that eats me up. You know, I don't like coaches that get back, get back. Hands up, hands up. Okay, she doesn't really know how to play basketball, so she get back, hands up, then what? And then one day, um, one game I came to, and the girl kept doing it, whatever. And so she ended up coming to the side where I was, get turned up all. I said, look, when you in that lane, I said, you can't stay in that lane um, longer than three seconds. I said, so that means come in and leave out. You know, come in for a few seconds and then leave out. I said, do not let these people drive to the lane and get those easy baskets. I said, if they come at you, stand your ground with your hands up. Let them run you over. That's a charge all day long. I said, you taller than almost everybody on that floor. Keep your hands up. I said, do not jump. Do not jump because that was what she kept doing, jumping. And um, she did it a few times, but she she's young-minded and very forgetful. So if you don't have a good coach, you know, that's what happens. But um, I was just impressed with the underdogs. You know, people didn't expect them to win, and they came out, and it's like, shit, watch. What you said? Huh? Okay. We can't. Okay, all right, all right. That's how we felt, you know, and like that's exactly how we felt. It was just, it was a good game. It really was a good game. I was supposed to be doing a, um, finishing up my presentation <laughs> for psychology on um, child abuse, the child, the effect of child abuse on families, um, like the after effect of it. And um, 
I couldn't. I was watching the game, you know. I got caught up in the game, but it was a good game. It was it was it was amazing. I I enjoyed it. But yeah, that's all. Who are you guys rooting for? Like who you think is gonna seal the deal? You know what I mean? Like who? I mean, LSU girls got sent home. Like, ball. But I'm proud of the accomplishment that they did this year. Like, they they did a 360 from the previous last few years. So, I was super proud of that. Like, yes, honey. Come on. Come through. Come through. And I was really rooting for um, the coach because, you know, I start hearing things and I start seeing things on Twitter about if she don't get it together, you know, they need to fire her. They don't care what she was. She not... She's not playing. She's the coach. You know, different ugliness. But, um, yeah, she recruited different this year. Um, it was just a whole different team. So I was impressed. So, yeah, it was a good game. Um, and they did good. So, yeah, I'm not going to keep babbling on the sports. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be back. All right.